0: Hello there, and welcome to episode 34 of SAS. Yep, that's the Sports and Spirituality Show, sponsored in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network and our friends of Price Custom Homes. Greg and Mitch Price have nearly 50 years of building experience. They can help you from the beginning to the end. You can... Find out more information on Price Custom Homes by going to their website, pricecustomhomes.com. Thank you, Greg and Mitch Price, for your sponsorship. Say a special thank you to our friends at Save Radio, George Chatters, and others. Thank you for your support of the Sports and Spirituality Show. And our friends in Rushville, WLRY 88.9 Radio for Life. Thank you for airing this podcast every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. My name is Steve Rowland. and my partner for tonight's broadcast um, is a, uh, a young lady uh, who uh, likes to, uh, to, to weed out the negative things in her life. She likes to drink in uh, the beauty of our world. Uh, she is um, uh, the uh, light of, um, of the life of our community. Um, she has many buds, and uh, she enjoys potted plants. Uh, she is... With Young Life Langster, she is Kelsey Bull. Welcome to the Sports and Spirituality Show. Kelsey? What's up? <clears throat> Do you have any idea why we went the direction we went today? Spring. Spring. That's an interesting thought.
1: <laughs> Am I wrong?
0: You are, but it's an interesting thought.
1: <laughs> okay. Why
0: did you think spring?
1: I don't know. Uh, I kind of tuned out. Yep. Yep. Because there were a lot of things. There were too many things. Yeah, so there was a lot. Was lot.
0: Okay. Yep. Now, if and you ref- one
1: of the last ones I heard was something about a bud. A
0: bud, yes. Yeah, and light. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Aren't okay. you glad I'm here? <laughs> I am.
0: I am super glad you're here. Uh, you are uh, – you're wonderful. <laughs> and I'm super glad that you're here. Um, <clears throat> but um, – I also used... Uh, oh,
1: weed weed out? I like to yes, weed out right, bad things, right. and I like to drink in yes, good things. Yes, right. <laughs>
0: very good. You're reflecting very well.
1: Plant. It all has to do with plants?
0: Um, It does.
1: Is there a theme that I'm supposed to be trying to find? <laughs> there
0: was. It's a terrible theme, but I'm really interested in your thoughts on it. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, all I got is spring and planting.
0: Okay, well, that's the way better, more appropriate, and uh, uh, (laughs) the better place to be than where I'm going.
1: Okay, which is Uh,
0: where? We're recording this podcast on a Friday. Yep. Um, On Wednesday was um, a unique day in our uh, world.
1: Was it Earth Day?
0: I think that is actually uh, today.
2: Yeah, that's what I it thought is. too. Friday,
0: uh, the twenty second of April is, uh, is is Earth Day. Now this is uh, Wednesday, April the twentieth.
1: I don't know what that. Seriously. Wednesday, oh, 420? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what about it? What
0: about you? Tell me about
1: it. <laughs> I don't know that y- much yes about it. Yes, you
0: do. Yes, you do. Tell tell me about it. Why
1: are we going here?
0: I don't know. It just came to my mind. I I should probably have a better filter. Um, That
1: is so fascinating. And now I'm going to have to actually re-listen to your introduction of me.
0: What do we know about 420?
1: That it is a lot of people's day to celebrate marijuana. Yes. Yep.
0: Right. Now, um, uh, have you ever participated in celebrating uh, April the 20th?
1: I have not. (laughs) <laughs> I'm laughing, which probably makes me sound guilty. Uh, oh, it does. It's just yeah. a funny
0: question. Okay, yeah, is, is it's because I'm we're on the, uh, we're broadcasting, and maybe I, maybe uh off off mic, you can tell me the truth.
1: I mean, it's my truth is the same. I've is never, it? yeah.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Have you? No.
1: <laughs> would your answer be different off it? It would
0: not be. It would not be. Were you smoking weed at 15?
2: <laughs> Definitely not.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, um, I want to go on record. I won't speak for you, I'll only speak for me. The, okay. the Sports and Spirituality Show does not promote the use of marijuana.
1: Got, yeah, it's interesting. It's a hot topic, especially in Ohio. Several it, states right now.
0: It is. Well, actually, I bet 20 or 30 states have legalized uh, marijuana. They say for medicinal purposes, many of them. Some of them have uh, legalized it for recreational purposes. I-, I think it's a terrible idea. I've worked with lots and lots and lots of addicts. And um all of them, like one hundred percent of them that I've asked said absolutely weed was my gateway drug. It's what I used first and then I went forward. Now, it's also very true that many people have smoked weed and, and they didn't do anything else. Uh right. they didn't end up a heroin addict, you know, or uh you know, whatever. Uh crackhead. That wasn't the case. Um uh, but, and so I understand, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not a guarantee uh, that you're going to end up in, uh, you know, in a terrible situation. But uh, it, you, you could. You could end up in a terrible situation. Uh, and, um, again, every addict, uh, 100% of them have said, uh, that's, uh, that's how I got my start. Um, and typically it starts about 12 or 13 years old, uh, age of onset. And so um, it's, uh, it's, it's a terrible idea. Um, so I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me, uh, that I don't recommend it. But it just happened this week. You and I have been known to talk about um, things that are uh, current um, in our society um, and maybe on the calendar. And so that's why um, I thought I would try to find a creative way to bring it up.
1: Wow. Yeah. You sure did. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, obviously, I I should shoot a little lower (laughs) because it went over your head. Yeah. Yeah. So completely missed that one. Um, hey, it's episode thirty-four. What's your favorite thing about number thirty-four?
1: I got nothing.
0: Do you know any athletes wear number thirty-four? Nope. Judson never wore thirty-four.
1: Mm, don't think so. If
0: he did, would it be significant to him? doubt it no it would i think we cleared that up a a few (laughs) podcasts ago but uh uh yeah because he went off for like 20 minutes talking about uh, how the number eight was significant and kobe bryant and all that stuff so yeah i I remember that that's at least how i remember of course it's how you
1: remember. it. i think we talked just last week about your revisionist (laughs) history Uh, uh,
0: yeah i just remember things maybe more clearly than other people so it is spring so let's maybe um redeem this four twenty conversation by right. talking about spring. Are you uh, are you a gardener? Do you do flowers uh, that kind of thing? Anything like that?
1: No, I wish I did. I like water my plants. That's about it. Do you? Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, do you say you have a green thumb or black thumb or uh, maybe an orange thumb?
1: Don't really talk about thumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't. We stick them up there. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You, what you got? Go ahead. Uh, nope. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, so... I guess we'll never know. What yeah. color Kelsey's thumbs? Up.
1: I think in my mind it sounds like a great hobby one day, but no,
0: is that an old person right hobby?
1: Now. No, I think it's just a time-consuming hobby, and it I'm is. not really in a season of life that I can give tons of time to my hobbies. Yeah, so correct. Um, you know, my hobbies currently are binging TV and reading books, so I can pick those up here and there. Sure. Whereas with plants, they're pretty demanding. If you're specifically trying to grow a garden, or yep. you know cultivate and
0: also i think you um uh you tend to stay up maybe later uh, mm-hmm. than, uh you know 10 o'clock or something like that and it's kind of hard <laughs> to do gardening after after 10
1: yes that in, is here true in central
0: ohio right um, so that uh, can be a challenge um <clears throat> well i, I want to hear more about uh, your uh, love of gardening and <laughs> uh, flowers uh, but we need to let folks know who our guest is going to be today okay uh who's our guest going to be today
1: our guest today yes. is Pam Bosser, the athletic director of Lancaster High School.
0: Outstanding! Uh, she's a wonderful contributor to our community, and uh, we're going to ask her a little bit about her growing up years and uh, her athletic pursuits, and then the transition uh, to being a coach and athletic director—a uh, pretty unique thing. Uh, she's the first female athletic director ever in uh, the history of Lancaster High School, and that's a long history. Uh, my my dad graduated from Lancaster High School in 1960, so. Uh, I know there's uh, at least, you know, 82 years of history there, Um, not 82, I said I did the math wrong, 62 years of history there, Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's a long time ago, Um, and of course the school's around uh, before then, so... uh, uh, yeah, what a what a cool thing! Uh, very much looking forward uh, to what Pam Bosser has to say on episode 34 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. So, gardening, um, flowers, yes, um, trees. Um, what about a, a garden uh, for growing things like uh, you know potatoes and tomatoes and cilantro and making your own salsa garden? What do you think about that?
1: It sounds delicious. Does it? Yeah.
0: Are you willing to put forth the time, effort, and energy it takes to make it happen? No. You know what? <clears throat> you and my wife are very similar. Uh, she said, hey, we got to get that uh, tiller, borrow that from the neighbor so that we can uh, um, uh, plant that salsa garden. Yeah. I said, we did that last year, and you didn't plan anything after uh, our son and I uh, were out there tilling up the ground. So I tell you what. You want that? No problem. You go over there and borrow the tiller. Uh, you do the tilling, and then then I'll know you're serious about it. Mm. You know what? What we haven't had, done any tilling yet. Got it. Yeah. So this is probably uh, probably not a salsa garden year Got at the Row House.
1: We have had gardens um, in the past. We have two nice sized. Um, raised beds off of our back deck that uh, my husband has been responsible for. Um, so, yes, we've grown peppers and um, tomatoes. We we can grow tomatoes pretty well back there. Yep. Um, but I'm more of a – I like uh, some hanging plants on my front porch. Okay. And um, – Usually a couple potted plants on our back patio, and I love in the evening usually uh, right after I put the kids to bed, walking around and watering my plants. Um, so yeah, I enjoy that. We I also have some house plants um, that I enjoy watering and taking care of. And yes, I think one day I would love to have a garden specifically with um, food that uh, you know we would consume. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I tried an herb garden several years ago and I was not successful. <laughs> I think herbs take a lot of uh, trimming and uh, I don't know what the right words are. Yeah. Um, There's a
0: lot of uh, TLC, right? Uh, tender loving care.
1: Yeah. And I, I didn't succeed.
0: Yeah, like tomatoes don't, they, they do take some care, but not like a significant amount of care, doesn't seem.
1: Right, Corn, yeah.
0: potatoes, those things, green beans, they, mm-hmm. they seem to grow uh, pretty well on their right. own. Watermelon, pumpkins, uh, yes. they seem to do okay without a ton of attention. Yes. Maybe herb's not the same, huh?
1: I mean, I think you just are meant to trim them really often, and I don't do that. Let's Otherwise, see. I think the term is they go to seed.
0: I don't uh, know. I got Anyone
1: you. who, my mother-in-law is going to listen <laughs> to this, who is an excellent gardener. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just.
0: Master gardener, maybe. That's actually a, de- a designation, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I She might have that de- designation. I'm pretty sure she has the designation of master canner. Okay. So she teaches classes on how to can. Good for her. Um, yes, really, really awesome quality, and not quality, skill. Really awesome skill. Yeah. Um, and I think when you have a garden, such as herself, it's mm-hmm. really great to can. It is. The things you grow.
0: Uh, it is a great, uh, great way uh, to prepare for the winter um, yep. and uh, that kind of thing. I noticed you went back to our 420 discussion.
1: I didn't. Yes, you, you did. did.
0: No, you did. You said, uh, oh, I pot all over the house. That's what you said.
1: That's not what I said. You said
0: potted plants. I assume that's what you were talking about.
1: Okay, no? Steve, you're the only
0: one. Oh No, I picked up on it right away.
1: You're the only yeah, one. Am I? Well, yes. not
0: now, because uh, I just mentioned it. Uh, so, um, yeah, interesting. Um, some hanging plants um, and uh, some uh, indoor plants, uh, potted plants, I think maybe you called them. Yep. Um, let me ask you this. Have you ever wiped mayonnaise on your indoor plants? No. Have you ever heard of
1: this? No.
0: you got to ask your mother-in-law if that's a thing. Okay. Because I'm almost positive my mom did that at our house.
1: You wipe mayonnaise. Uh,
0: I think so. so. On
1: your indoor plants. I think
0: so. Now, I might be. This
1: sounds ludicrous.
0: <laughs> I might be misremembering. But I thought there was something that we wiped on these plants <laughs> to make them shine. What? And I thought it was Mayonnaise.
1: You're being serious.
0: I am. I'm super embarrassed about it right now, but I am being serious. I thought we wiped mayonnaise on these indoor plants. I have got to quit talking about it because the more I say it, the dumber it sounds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, it really sounds...
0: But we so did something stupid. to make them
1: shine. When you say we, you yeah. you did this task for her?
0: I, I think she did it, and I think I did it, and I think my sister did it um, because uh, we we're a couple of years apart. And so, uh, yeah, we did something to these plants so that they would shine. You know how, I don't know if you do this, but we say, uh, we got company coming. You uh, use that expression, we have company coming. Like no. when people are coming to the house?
1: No.
0: Um, there's an old song, companies coming down the road. They're down there about a half a mile. They'll be here in a little while. Companies coming down the road. Th- None of that's ma- uh, making any sense to you? No, nope. Not heard of this. Okay. Uh, so they would use this phrase, companies coming. So we got to clean the house. And it was kind of like a deep clean, right? Um, not just uh, picking things up and sweeping the floor. Uh, we got to do these deep things. and one of those windows, right? Um, but uh, <laughs> we got to do something... With the plants to make them shine. And i now I'm going to text my mom as soon as I get off this podcast. I do
1: think this is a thing. There's plenty of Google searches about this. Yes. What? I The top thing says there's no benefit to using the mayo on your leaves. And yeah. it may even clog up stomach stomata, which are necessary for the plant to take up water. Simply washing off leaves with a spray of water is all your plants will ever need by way of leaf cleaning.
0: I see. It was absolutely the leaves. We were trying to make them shine, and my memory was that we put mayonnaise on it, and apparently uh, we were not the only ones.
2: Yeah, what?
0: You have vindicated me, uh, and for that I am grateful.
1: Hey, that sounds insane. Yeah. Who... Who in their right mind thought one day to take mayonnaise, which is what? Egg whites and... I don't like, know what it is. Yeah. I love mayonnaise. I do too, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's interesting ingredients.
0: It's interesting ingredients.
1: And decided to wipe that on their plants. Yeah. Who in their right mind yeah. for the first time yeah, who thought to do was the to first do time to ever do but yes. you know, that's And it. then started to spread the news. Right. Hey, you should do this.
0: Right. <laughs> What yeah. well and, and then they saw it and like, man, your p- plants are really shiny. How'd you do that? Oh, I use manage. It's my secret ingredient. Um
1: also who is taking the time to like wipe like do you rub it in? Do you massage the plant well, leaves? I, I don't
0: think so. I think you just kind of kinda of wipe over it. You don't leave so it then white. All you don't of leave your it white. You leave plants. it look wet or whatever. Shiny.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well that's what I was gonna say. So all of your plants have a mayo streak and your no. house just <laughs> smells like mayo? <laughs> what? what
0: yeah so uh yes uh, this is so
1: bizarre it
0: is it is crazy i
1: really do want you to call your mom
0: (laughs) i am definitely going to do it
1: find out if she still does
0: this i'm going to call her at the end of this podcast not on the podcast when we're done okay um, and i'll put her on speakerphone so you can hear this okay all right
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully
0: she answers. <laughs> She'll see my number. she might not answer. Uh, might get a voicemail. So uh, we'll see what happens there.
1: Done that a time or two.
0: Yes. Uh, speaking of um, current things that have happened in our world, who is uh, first of all, what is the number one sport in the world? This is sports and spirituality show. So what's the number one sport in the world?
1: Well, I call it soccer, but I think most of the world calls it football.
0: Yeah, or football with the, the, the F-O-O-T. Um, I guess football is the same. But, um, uh, sure. Yes. Uh, and, uh, or they call it English football
2: sometimes, mm-hmm.
0: right? Soccer. Soccer, the most uh, popular sport in the world. Do you happen to know who one of the most popular soccer players is in the world? I do. And who was that?
1: Cristiano Ronaldo. And who
0: does he play for? you remember?
1: Mm.
0: I believe he plays for?
1: Manchester United? That's
0: exactly right. Man okay. U, as the kids say. So he plays for Man U. Now, here's something else, because you're not a sports fan, you wouldn't know this, but um, there's often rivalries yes. in sports. <laughs> Yeah, did you know that? I did know I'm that. Quite surprised that you even knew that. <laughs> oh, uh, stop! So it. I will say Ohio State. Who's their rival?
1: Michigan. Uh,
0: is that basketball, football, lacrosse, All of the above. soccer, uh, swimming?
1: I mean, I think the big one is football, it and is. then second would be basketball. Maybe no?
0: I I would contend that maybe Indiana, at least in the past, oh. had been because they had. Uh, Michigan actually played in the final four, <laughs> Chris Weber called timeout that they didn't have and they ended up getting, a, uh, a technical foul. They hit the free throws and they lost the national championship. And I've celebrated that ever since, uh, cause I'm, uh, I don't like Michigan and so it made me happy. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Um, what about the Cincinnati Reds? Do you happen to know who their rival is? The Braves. It is not, but uh, <laughs> it is the St. Louis Cardinals. Great. It used to be the L.A. Dodgers back in the 70s and 80s, uh, but now the St. Louis Cardinals. So we, we, we hate the Cardinals. We're not allowed to like the Cardinals. Right. Right? Um, if you're a Yankee fan, who is uh, your hated rival? The Mets. Nope. It is the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they hate the Red Sox. It has a, goes back to Babe Ruth and some other things. Um, why do you think we have these teams that we hate? Why do you think that is?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that it's just, this is sad, but I think it's fun to hate another team.
0: I agree. What it does. And that's
1: why, like, I would say I'm I'm an Ohio State fan. You would disagree with me. I would. That was episode 10. Go back and give it a listen. Yep. Um. But I don't understand the, like, hatred of Michigan. So yeah. tell me, why, like, what when you were just passionate about that, literally in my yeah. head I was thinking, what is the hate about Michigan?
0: Well, see, these things... It makes the
1: Ohio State fans obnoxious.
0: Yes. Oh, by the way, Michigan fans are obnoxious.
1: I kind of think we're worse.
0: Oh, I, I hope we are. Okay. I hope our hatred of them is much better than their hatred of us.
1: Where in scripture do you find well, that reference
0: this is the sports part of the sports and spirituality <laughs> show we don't we don't don't muddy the waters with all the spiritual stuff oh, okay. Uh, yeah. okay, okay. <clears throat> we hate these guys we're supposed to hate these guys
1: i mean i do think sometimes it just is a lot the rivalry rivalry comes from a long-standing history of you've competed against each other so many times you're probably at least at one point, you were a fair match. Yep. Um, I don't think that's really true of Ohio State-Michigan football these days. But, it is not. Uh, Michigan is going to have a new football coach next season, right?
0: Uh, they are not. They They're got not? the same old guy. He he tried to go to the NFL, and oh. the NFL didn't want him, so okay. he came back and like, I'm a Michigan man. I love this team. Yeah, right. You try to get another job. Um, and uh, they said no to you, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so okay, and,
1: anyways. So, uh, what
0: what I think it does is it touches a passionate part of who we are. Okay. Do you see that?
1: I see it in you.
0: <laughs> well, if you think about it, you know, a, a team that, that uh is their rival, you you see that passionate emotion. And I think it actually uh is healthy for you in this respect that it, that it allows you um to Um, have this extra energy uh, that you wouldn't have if they weren't arriving. You're like, yeah, I don't care if we beat them or not. Uh, That doesn't matter. Uh, We can win. We can lose. It's okay. Um, I I think it adds so much extra to it when you have this extra piece.
1: Of okay, sure, but can we talk about like why Ohio State fans hate Michigan?
0: Well, uh, I think it is for the things that you've stated for many years. They they were beating us a lot, and then we started beating them a lot, and then they beat us. A lot, and we're very competitive. A team like, for instance, we've never been a rival with Rutgers because they're terrible. Uh, <laughs> we're not, not a rival with uh, Northwestern uh, for the most part because they haven't been very good, or the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But uh, we have a little bit of rivalry with Michigan State because um, they beat us a few times, uh, knocked us out of uh, national championship opportunities, and those kinds of things. But uh, I think it, uh, I think you hit on, on something there. You've had uh, you've played each other a lot. You've been very competitive in those games, and so you now want to beat them, and then that, that kind of snowballs.
1: Right, into, into really odd hatred for no reason.
0: No, uh, there's a reason. So
1: when you say you hate Michigan, do you yeah. mean you hate the University of Michigan? Yes. Do you mean you hate the Michigan football team? Do yes. you hate the state of Michigan? Maybe. I just, like, that just makes no sense. Yeah. Do you hate all people from Michigan? No. Okay.
0: Yeah, and it's not really about people. It's a, it's more about the team uh, and that kind of thing. And and um, I uh, it's not the kind of hatred you're thinking of, um, uh, for the most part. Uh, okay, sure. It is more of a uh, a. Fun way to have great disdain uh, for another sports team. Um, That's
1: no fun. I
0: don't want to see them get run over so by people a people feel
1: good about hating another team? Yeah,
0: it, it, it's the way it goes, and I will tell you.
1: That, like, makes me, no, it makes me already feel yucky even thinking what, that.
0: You don't need to feel yucky. Um, be, be, <laughs> and here's the reason. Um, however passionate Steve Rao and other Ohio State fans are against Michigan. Right. You can ratchet that up about a hundred notches. And that's how Man U and Liverpool feel about each other. This is absolutely true. Sure. And many soccer matches uh, across the pond. Yes. People die. Uh, they get trampled on. They'll get shot. They'll get beat up. They'll get killed. Uh, th- people die at soccer matches. It's a uh, well-documented fact. You can look it up.
1: That's terrifying. It
0: is. Um, and that's why what happened this week was super significant. Cristiano uh, Ronaldo, um, he, he and his partner uh, had twins. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the girl uh, lived, but the, 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 the boy died. And they had a match uh, later that week. And Ronaldo's number is seven. And at the seven-minute mark of the soccer match, these two teams that absolutely hate each other at the seven minute mark, they stopped the game and all of the Liverpool fans stood and applauded for 30 seconds. And then they started singing their signature song. You will never walk alone.
2: Mm.
0: Now, It's one of the reasons why I love sports. I I love the energy that it gives um, when you're rooting for your team. I love the energy it gets when you're rooting against your rival. But at the end of the day, you stand in solidarity. When somebody is going through the most difficult and challenging and heartbreaking thing of their life, uh, you're willing to put that aside because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day whether you win or not. You really desperately want to win and all that stuff. But when something way more important, the team that you hate the most, and probably the guy that you hate the most on that team, um, goes through one of the more horrific things a human being can go through, the loss of a child. And the way your hated rival responds is to stand, applaud you, at the point in the game that references your jersey number. And they sing, you will never walk alone. In essence, saying, we hate you uh, as a soccer player, but we love you as a human being. And you're not walking through this most difficult thing alone. It was one of the more powerful things that will ever happen in all of sports. We saw this, uh, speaking of Ohio State, Michigan, when Dwayne Haskins Jr. was killed. Michigan fans were supportive of the Haskins family and so forth. Um, and that's, it, it, we love to love our team. We love to hate our rivals, but when the most significant thing happens in our life, we can put that aside and root for each other. I think it's a powerful thing. Um, and, uh, I celebrate that.
1: Yeah, that is really powerful. Um, I was, he, was he at the game?
0: Um, I don't remember. Oh, okay. I don't believe he was. Yeah. Yep. But I've probably,
1: seen, I saw the clip, but. Now that we're talking about it, I was like, oh, I think I have a few more questions. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back and look at it.
0: Yes. Um, It's a powerful thing um, that happened, and we celebrate that. Because at the end of the day, uh, what matters most is leaning on each other uh, through life's most difficult times. Well, it's time for... Now, that um, promised interview with the athletic director of Lancaster High School, are you ready for that? I am. Um, Now, I did this a couple of days ago, and you weren't able to join us because of scheduling conflicts. Um, So, um, uh, it will be um, our joy to have our guest with us on episode 34. As promised, our special guest on this podcast, Episode 34, is the Athletic Director at Lancaster High School. She is Pam Bosser. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So let's learn a little bit about Pam So Where are you from originally?
2: I am from Lancaster, Ohio, born and raised.
0: How about that? A local gal stays in town. Uh, By the way, I love it that uh, people do that, that people have given to them and planted into their lives and and blessed them, and then they stick around and bless other people's lives. So on behalf of uh, Kelsey and I, thank you for your willingness to give back to the place that gave to
2: you. Well, growing up, um, you know, as kids do, I always said, I can't wait to get out of this place. And then you go away to, you know, went away to school for four years and then another year, a fifth year, and I uh, couldn't wait to get back. Couldn't wait to get back and, and get into education and start coaching at the school from which I graduated.
0: Yeah, that's a cool story, really a uh, uh, powerful stuff, and we really appreciate your willingness to do that. So uh, what did your parents do for a living?
2: My mom was a nurse. She worked at uh, what is Fairfield Medical Center now, for 30 years, and then she was school nurse for Forest Rose and Fairfield Industries. Um, my dad was always in uh, computer software programming. Um, he actually started at Lancaster Glass when he was very young, but then he worked in um, Columbus with different software companies, and this is back when computers weren't that big of a thing. I can remember at home, uh, after dinner, him sitting in the living room while we were watching TV with a with, uh, legal pad, drawing like flowcharts, you know, with a pencil and scratching out and and all these different flowcharts. And, you know, you think about the early days of computers and how he had to to determine, and they worked a lot with banks. So uh, his primary focus was banking, computer science.
0: Well, they say here in Lancaster there's a lot of three things, banks, bars, and churches. Uh, And so he had a lot of opportunity uh, in his line of work to help uh, with all of the banks in this area. Do you have any siblings?
2: I am the fourth of five children. Um, So, uh, yes, and all of us were very involved in sports growing up and and even at the high school and my brother um, and I in college. So, yeah, fourth of five, three girls and two boys.
0: Very good. Uh, You mentioned being involved in sports. What was your first sports memory?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I grew up, I was born in 1966, so I grew up in the 70s pretty pretty much. And this being the 50th year of Title IX, I want to mention the benefits that I uh, received from Title IX. That was uh, the Educational Amendments Act of 1972. So my first memories of sports were on the playground. My best friend Robin and I used to play uh, basketball, football, baseball, whatever the boys were playing, she and I played right along with them. And one of my first memories, I uh, attended Cedar Heights and uh, there was an announcement that there was going to be basketball trials, So I went to basketball trials. We were the only two girls there, went through the three days of tryouts and after the tryouts the coach sat down with us and said you know um you guys are really good basketball players and we would probably have a spot on the team for you but this is a boys team there's not we we can't have any girls and you know we just said okay and out the door we went i mean we we weren't going to get a lawyer or fight it or anything we just okay it's a boys team okay we understand that and so we didn't we didn't play um Nowadays, that really wouldn't, wouldn't happen. There, nope. And thankfully, there are opportunities for girls at the elementary age to play basketball. But my first sports memory of um, being able to participate in sports was the dribble, pass, and shoot competition they used to have. Because I couldn't play organized basketball until seventh grade, and I loved basketball.
1: Right.
2: So Robin and I did this dribble, shoot, and pass competition, and we both and went to state um, and competed for a couple of years in the state. Um, so that and I played summer softball uh, when I was younger Um, so that's my first sports memories
0: very good Um, a uh, (coughs) that competition that uh, pass and dribble competition was that against the guys or was that gals only
2: they had different categories so it was they had the girls females and the males
0: Very good. Um, And uh, went all the way to state there. That's great stuff. Now, um, high school. You move into high school uh, here at Lancaster High School. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. I was a three-sport athlete from 7th grade all the way through 12th grade. In the 7th grade, uh, the only sport they had for females in the fall was volleyball. So I played volleyball 7th and 8th grade, and then I played basketball, and I ran track. And then when I got to the high school, uh, my freshman year, I uh, decided not to play volleyball, And we were at Stanbury then, and we had to play whatever sports were available at Stanbury. So I ran cross country, and I thought, I need to run cross country because my brother, who was four years older than me, had a lot of success in cross country and track and field. He was a state champion in both. So I just thought, genetically, maybe I should run. Right. So I ran freshman cross country and could not wait for that season to be (laughs) over. (laughs) I just, I, I don't know if I had ADD or ADHD. It just wasn't enough action for me. Right. Um, I admire those kids that can do that. I mean, that is, it's grueling. But I only lasted one year in cross country. When I got to the high school, a good friend of mine um, said, hey, my sister plays field hockey. Why don't you try field hockey? And I thought, great, I've got endurance now. I ran on the cross country team. I can run up down that field. And now I have an objective. I have a stick in my hand and a ball I'm trying to put in a goal. And so I played field hockey, basketball, and track and field in high school.
0: Outstanding. That's here at Lancaster High School, uh, getting your field hockey start. And then you move on to college. Help us understand how that process went.
2: So I um, honestly really wanted to play basketball in college. And I was not great. I started my senior year. Uh, We had the great Michelle Leonard on our team. Um, And we did really well. I believe my junior year we were ranked sixth in the state. Uh, we made it to regional, regional finals, I believe. So I always thought that basketball, because that was really my first love, I thought I'd play that in college. And I did talk to a couple of smaller schools. I remember talking to Worcester and Davis and Elkins, and they both said, you could play basketball and field hockey here. Um, so I had considered that, but then about April, it was late my senior year, um, I got a phone call from the field hockey coach at Eastern Kentucky University, and she wanted me to come down for a visit. And um, went down and loved the school, and so I signed my national letter of intent at my kitchen table with my mom. My dad was it was a Thursday night. My dad was bowling in bowling league, so it wasn't a lot of fanfare. Uh, Signed that at my kitchen table and played field hockey for four years at Eastern Kentucky.
0: Outstanding E K U. If you're just joining us, uh, this is the Sports and Spirituality Show. Um, I'm one of the hosts, uh, Steve Rao, Kelsey. uh, bowl here as well and uh, our guest is the athletic director at Lancaster High School she is Pam bosser and so uh, you're playing in college uh, you were studying education I believe what was the next step in your journey
2: so yeah I was uh, playing in college and studying uh, physical education Um, and then I thought I was just going to graduate and and come back and and find a teaching job Um, the Ohio University coach contacted me. Um, She had kind of recruited me in high school, so she knew who I was, and we played them during our regular season. And she said that she had a graduate assistantship available for the following year I could come to OU um, and help coach field hockey and get my master's. Um, So I did that. Uh, I actually got a teaching assistantship and a graduate assistantship. So my year in Athens was a blur, I taught physical education to freshmen from 8 a.m. until noon, grabbed a bite to eat, went to the field hockey office to plan practice, had field hockey practice until about 5.30, grabbed a bite to eat, and then I had grad classes from 6 to 9 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And then we would travel on the weekends. So um, it was a great opportunity for me. I was able to get my master's degree right after my bachelor's, and I got paid. To get my master's degree I, I didn't have to pay anything and they paid me to teach and to be an assistant coach down there so it was a great opportunity something I wouldn't trade and I got my master's degree in physical education with a concentration in athletic administration
0: very good and uh, look she's the athletic director at Lancaster High School but there were some steps between leaving uh, Athens there at OU and uh, becoming the AD here at Lancaster uh, help us understand that path
2: Well, for two and a half years, I couldn't get a teaching position. A phys ed job is hard to come by. Um, So I substitute taught for um, about two and a half years, and I taught anything. They would call you at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning, and say, hey, you want to substitute teach in Latin? And I said, sure, or you know, home ec, or wood shop, or whatever it was. And I, for about two and a half years, did not turn down any substitute teaching. Uh, I did the county schools in the Fairfield, or, uh, Fairfield County schools. I did some in the Pickerington schools, Lancaster City schools. So while I was uh, substitute teaching, um, I was the uh, volunteer assistant for the field hockey team for that first year. Um, Doug Henwood came out to practice one day and said, hey, I need someone to uh, be a, uh, an assistant coach for the track and field team. And then Steve Clippinger stopped by and said, hey, I could use you as a JV basketball coach. So I started coaching three sports right away. Um, I was a volunteer assistant for field hockey that first year, and the head coach, her husband got transferred out of state, so then I applied for and got that head job. So someone took a chance on me being a real young person, giving me a head coaching job. Gary Mahler did, and I truly appreciate that to this day. Um, But that was uh, how I started coaching here at Lancaster High School. I ended up coaching field hockey for 12 years. I was an assistant track and field coach for 12 years, and I did basketball for about five or six. I did some here at the high school and then I asked to go down to the junior high school. Um, It was just a little less time consuming at the junior high level. Um, So I I did that for several years. And then when I had my third child, I decided I probably should give up coaching as much as I didn't want to. um, I just knew that having three kids, uh, five years and younger, it was a lot of time. So I announced that I was stepping down from coaching in January and then in about, March of that year, um, the assistant AD position became available. At that time, the assistant AD took care of all athletics grades 7, 8, 9. And so I applied for that position and I got it. So, that time I thought I was going to have by not coaching, um, I, I really was uh, pretty involved in athletics at the junior high and freshman level. And I always said my kids are either going to love athletics or hate them because I just drug them onto everything. Emma, my youngest, she was born in January yeah, um, in 2002, and that's kind of when I started doing the AD thing. So she was in a backpack, a baby carrier, that fall. Yep. Wasn't even a year old, and I was taking her to football games to pay officials because at that time we paid them right there on the spot after the game. To, I got you. So, yeah, I drug my kids everywhere with me, and I did that assistant AD job for probably five or six years and then um, got into administration and was the dean of students. Um, here at the high school for a few years down at thomas ewing for one and then uh, merwin bowdish announced that he was going to uh, retire and i I went back to get my second master's degree um, while i was teaching or working full-time in the schools and doing some assistant ad stuff it took me about two years to get my um, educational leadership master's degree with a principal's license so that i could qualify to have this position when it became available so interviewed for it. And, and this was always my dream job. This was always the end game for me. Um, I remember when Gary Mahler interviewed me um, when I was just a young kid for that head field hockey position right here in this office. Um, he asked, you know, what are your long, your short-term goals and your long-term goals? And I said, my short-term goals are to develop a field hockey program, a respectable competitive field hockey program in central Ohio. My long-term goals, and I looked him square in the eyes, and I said, I want your job. And so and he, he gave me opportunities, and so did Merwin while I was coaching. Whenever we would host a tournament contest, did I want to be a site manager? Did I want to take care of officials? Did I want to do these things? So they really helped me get my feet wet, and I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it is uh, wonderful to have a goal, to set a goal, and then to have people come alongside and say, let's see what we can do to help you with that but you were willing to take the steps necessary um, to take whatever position you could because that, you knew that was another stepping stone to the ultimate goal, the end game, as you call it, and uh, that's super exciting stuff. Lancaster High School's been around a really long time, but not until they hired Pam Bosser did they have a female athletic director. How significant is that for you?
2: Well, it's significant. I, you know, I talked about Title IX and, and the importance that, that that passage of that was for me in my athletic experience. I've talked to some of our teams um, about, you know, the, all the things that they have, all the opportunities that they have and how they should really appreciate those ladies that came before. Um, one of my first years in this job, we, uh, at Ricketts, and Diane Jones and I decided that we were going to do some research, and we looked up the, um, all the teams, and they weren't considered varsity teams here at Lancaster High School back in the 60s and 70s, so all the teams of females um, who participated while in high school, we invited them back for a basketball game, and we presented them with their varsity letters, and it was um, such a great uh, opportunity f- for, for us to do that for those women who worked very hard, uh, struggled, had bake sales so that they could buy a t-shirt for their uniform, didn't have any away contests, played them all at home, you know, just little things like that. So I've always have said to my the my female coaches, um, and I know how difficult it is when they're female coaches and if they are, they're a mother and, and, the, and how st- difficult that is to try and juggle all your responsibilities, But it's uh, good to have women in leadership so that the girls that they are um, mentoring can see uh, them in action. And Billie Jean King once said, uh, you know, in order to be it, you have to see it. And so that's very important to me. I feel like um, I don't get the opportunity to select who my officials are. We have assigners that do that. Uh, But when I did my junior high AD stuff, I really tried to get female officials For sports, basketball, girls' basketball, volleyball, it's important for our female athletes, our young kids, to see women in those leadership positions.
0: I couldn't agree more, um, and I appreciate the fact that you said yes to this job and pursued it um, so that other young ladies can say, look, uh, there may be a job that I'm going to and there's not been a woman to ever have that job, but there's there's a first time for everything. And so there's a first time to have a female at Lancaster High School and there could be a first time to have a female whatever job that is.
2: Well, and, and I heard a speaker one time say, and she was a female in a male-dominated industry, um, there is a power to being the only woman in the room. And that's the way you have to approach it. Yeah. When I was... Um, first took this job, there were only two of us in the in the OCC, and you'd walk into a, a league meeting once every three weeks, 32 schools represented, and there's only two of you, um, and there's a power to in the only woman in the room, and you have to know how to um, not so much use that to your advantage, but use it to your advantage, um, And I think that's important. I think it's important. And one thing that I always tell people is, you know, I want to be a great athletic director. I don't want to be this great female athletic director. I want, when I'm done, to be ranked up there with athletic directors who were good at their job, whether they were male or female. Take gender out of it. Um, And so when I do my work here on a day-to-day basis, one thing that I know that I've put a lot of time and effort into is treating all of our athletes... Um, you know equality and equal is two different things Um, but I I want our kids to feel respected and I want them to feel appreciated and to feel worthy and so um, I make sure and I go out of my way to make sure that those kids who are maybe not participating in um, revenue sports per se uh, still have what they need and are still respected and uh, and 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 get the attention that they deserve as well.
0: Yes, I so appreciate you being an advocate for all athletes, um, regardless of what might be an outside perceived status. There, um, I know I'm not the only one to recognize the great work of Pam Bosser, as there was a book written about uh, 30. High School Coaches in the State of Ohio, and uh, Pam Bosser got a chapter in that book. Uh, talk to me about that process.
2: Well, that was, uh, and that just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, this uh, author, I believe he's from Michigan, contacted Allie Kennard, one of my coaches here. She coaches two of our varsity sports, and he spoke to her about her experience coaching, and field hockey was what he was talking to her about, and how trying she tried to build this program, or, um, uh, you know, and... and and so she had mentioned my name during her interview, so he contacted me to talk. Um, and I expressed to him that, you know, when we hired Allie as the field hockey coach, she didn't have a lot of experience in field hockey. She never played field hockey. Um, but I told uh, the author that, you know, we can, we can help them learn the X's and O's. I knew that she was a good quality coach. I knew what she could do as a leader of young women Um, I knew that she could get, uh, she could hold them to high standard and expect a lot out of them and push them to excel. Um, So, you know, when we hired her, I went ahead with my own money and purchased her an online, and I do this every year because of my love for field hockey. I still do this. I purchased her an online tool. Um, You know, she can type in there that she wants to work on uh, defense in the penalty circle, and it'll you will provide her with drills and, and game-type situations that she can do with her team. Um, but anyway, uh, he contacted me and wanted to talk to me about um, my athletic department and particularly about the field hockey program and how, you know, they went for like three years without winning a game. And uh, one quote in that book, <laughs> I remember the superintendent at the time asked me, remind me again why it is we have field hockey, you know, just... A casual conversation one time and I just looked at him and said we have field hockey for the same reason that we have baseball and I just left it at that mm-hmm. um, so it's not always about the score on the scoreboard right um, and my coaches know that our goal is to win we play practice prepare each and every day to win that is our goal but it's not our purpose Our purpose is, you know, making an impact on the lives of these young kids and teaching them social, emotional, physical skills um, that they can take with them when they walk out these doors.
0: Uh, Very well spoken. Uh, You were so prominently featured that you and Allie Kennard's picture on the the front of that book as well. uh, And that was a great read. Uh, What's the future hold for Athletic Director Pam Bosser, Lancaster High School?
2: Well, this July ought to be 31 and a half years that I have in education and you know you can i can retire at 35. we've got a lot of projects going on right now we've got the fields down at fair avenue uh, the new building will break ground in june and it'll probably be 24 25 school years somewhere in there before we move in once we move in there then this building goes down we're building two softball fields the complex you see at fair avenue will be two baseball fields the complex up here will be two softball fields so what you're seeing built down at fair avenue is going to take place about where the main office sits right now for this building once it's leveled. Um, and then at that time, it'll probably be, I'll probably be at 35 years. And then I'll decide at that point. I, I want to stay here through all of this construction. I want to make sure that, um, you know, the, the, the things that we've talked about in meetings with the architects and the designers, uh, I want to see that through to the end. I'm not going to uh, retire. Uh, until we get all those new facilities up and running, and then at that point, I'll determine what I want to do.
0: Very good. Uh, this is the Sports and Spirituality Show, talking with Athletic Director Pam Bosser, Lancaster High School. Since it is the Sports and Spirituality Show, talk to me about your faith.
2: Well, growing up, we, we, we went to church every Sunday, um, went to Maple Street United Methodist Church, and my parents were the youth group group. Um, directors or coordinators at that time so we were pretty involved in church when I went away to school um, you know I kind of I won't say that um, you know my faith changed or anything but the demands of playing a division one sport and we were on the road a lot on the weekends and so I did not uh, every Sunday go to church Um, I do recall going a couple times with my roommate she was Catholic and so I got to experience that for the first time when I was in college I do remember going to a Methodist church down in Richmond, Kentucky a few times. Um, When I came back, I started going back to church with my parents. Um, Then when I met my future husband, then John, uh, he and I, um, after we got married, got a house on Mulberry Street, and he grew up Presbyterian. So it was just walking distance, the first Presbyterian. So I changed my uh, membership from uh, Methodist over to uh, First Presbyterian Church, and that's where we we raised our kids through that church and went to church every Sunday with the kids. Um, so the kids were involved all the way through the nursery through the youth program there. and um, my daughter Emma, is um, very involved in young life when when we had young life uh, come into Lancaster and Fairfield County, and she's very involved in young life and um, she's attending Belmont, and she is involved in Young Life down there. She's a um, she's a leader at a high school, Franklin Road Academy in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, and she is really, really enjoying her time. Um, so i you know, I hope that the upbringing that we uh, provided our kids, um, and I know it put them, set them on the right course, um, and, and to keep their faith as strong as it is.
0: There's um, a sports and spirituality show. There's there's a lot of combinations between or connections between sports and spirituality. And on the sports side, uh, you uh, had folks give to you, and you you were giving back to them. Um, and on the spirituality side, you had folks speak into your life, and now you're speaking into your children's lives, and uh, your daughter Emma speaking into other people's lives. And I think that's the way the system is supposed to work, both in sports and spirituality. Uh, so we applaud you uh, on that. I did want to ask you um, about your husband. Uh, um, it was interesting to me to learn that um, your mom was the nurse um, for uh, children with disabilities, and uh, your husband, uh, John Bosser, a very prominent leader um, in the Fairfield County Developmental Disabilities world. Uh, Talk to me about the contributions that he made in this community.
2: Well, he would always say that he gained more from working with uh, developmental disabilities here in Fairfield County than, than, than he ever provided. He would always tell you that when he would come home from work. Boy, he really... Um, gained a lot from his relationship he had with the the kids and the young adults that he worked with every day. But he was a, uh, the community outreach coordinator, um, helped kids, or uh, helped spotlight, um, a lot of times helped spotlight individuals with disabilities and um, their transition into uh, community life and into potentially the workforce here in Fairfield County. Um, he had a radio show and he did the TV, a little bit of TV, and was able to spotlight these kids, and, and through the uh, celebration of possibilities every year, um, that was a big uh, undertaking that he would help coordinate each year as well. You know, my mom uh, was the school nurse there, and then when I started having children, she retired, so my kids never went to daycare. They always went to Mamma's house, Mamaw and Papaw's house, but my children, all three of them, went through the preschool program at... Forest Rose. Um, you know, they have uh, preschools that have classrooms with typically developing children and with sure. multiple handicapped children. And uh, th- th- what my kids gained from attending preschool at a young age um, was just remarkable. I always tell the story of my son Jack. Um, when he was five years old, he was just about to be done with preschool and he had been there since he was three. And we, we threw my birthday party in the backyard and said, I mean, invite your friends. Um, and so we had the best birthday party ever because we had uh, children in wheelchairs. We had uh, hearing impaired children. We had you name it. Yeah. And d- my little five-year-old was out there yeah. um, assisting those kids playing wiffle ball. And, 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 my, and my older son was only 18 months older. He was out. It was just a really, really cool thing. Yeah. Um, that my kids were able to, at a young age, um, appreciate people and their differences. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a powerful thing. It was a significant impact. I might question John on that statement about uh, people impacted him more uh, because he did a tremendous job. If uh, you don't. If you could only go to one thing a year, the one thing you want to go to is the Celebration of Possibilities in this town, because um, whatever you're going through, I guarantee you leave there happier, healthier, uh, more focused and more centered uh, than you entered that room right there. It is an incredible, incredible night, and John Bosser making that happen. I had the privilege of broadcasting a game or two uh, with your husband. had a uh, chance to broadcast a game or two with you as well, Uh, but what a a significant contribution contributor that he was and uh, when he passed away uh, my hunch is it had to be a little harder for you because he was a very well-known individual in our community and you a very well-known individual in our community. How were you able to manage kind of that grieving process being a very public individual and your husband being public as well?
2: Well a lot of um, you know family still here in town a lot of support from my family and a lot of support from my friends. I, I her uh, friends uh, from church. We um, have an adult Sunday school. Yeah. Sorry. It's no problem. And I told myself that first year <laughs> that I was not going to turn down anybody's offer to take me to dinner or or any Smart social room. event. Yeah so i really uh, relied a lot on on those close friends from my coffee conversation in christ um, sunday school class at uh, first presbyterian church those um those are, are just the uh, the dearest friends that helped me through that
0: yeah i think it is so significant you said this about sports it's you played field hockey even though you didn't win a game for two or three years for the same reason you play baseball because it's really not about the X's and O's at the end of the day it is about building relationships because the proverbial crap is going to hit the fan in your life and when it does whether you've got a single in that ball game or you scored a goal in that field hockey game won't matter what will matter is those people in your life that have invested in you and you've invested in them and then you are there for each other in the most significantly challenging moments of our life and so uh, thank you for sharing that and for illustrating uh, the very fact that this is really what matters most at the end of the day. Um, And uh, thank you for even in a public way um, displaying uh, your love for your husband and your children and how uh, to uh, powerfully connect with those in your life uh, to walk through the grieving process, setting a great example for others. Uh, We really appreciate your willingness to do that. Um, Thanks for coming on the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast with us. Uh, It has been a privilege to have you on the show, and uh, we trust the Lord's blessing on you, um, uh, your continued work here uh, at Lancaster High School um, and in the community. And then maybe whatever's next for you um, in the future. Uh, that We really appreciate you coming on the show.
2: Well, thanks for having me. And I, I, I enjoy talking to you, Steve. Anytime you want to stop in and chat. And uh, I enjoy doing games with you, too. That's also a lot of fun. So I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: you are welcome. That is Pam Bosser. She's the athletic director at Lancaster High School. And doing a tremendous job for the student-athletes here in the Lancaster community. Thanks again to Athletic Director of Lancaster High School, Pam Bosser, for joining us on episode 34 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Uh, thank you, Kelsey, for joining us as well. You heard uh, Pam Bosser talking about uh, a significant moment in her life, people coming alongside her, and that's really cool, isn't it?
1: It is. I think both with Pam and um, Cristiano, I think both of them emphasize how important community is and how important it is um, To continue to exist and live um, and be in community, even when you are facing, you know, one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing that you'll ever face, the loss of a loved one.
0: Yeah. uh, No question about it. Well, it is time to conclude episode 34. Will you come back for episode 35? I'll be back. Okay. That's better than, you know, some, but not still the rousing endorsement I'm looking for. Maybe one day. Maybe. Maybe one day. Well, a special thank you to the Fairfield County Sports Network for being uh, one of our sponsors and Price Custom Homes. Greg and Price, over 50 years of building experience. They can help you from beginning to end on your building project. That's pricecustomhomes.com. Alongside Kelsey Bowl with Young Life Lancaster, I'm Steve Rao. Thanks for joining us for episode 34 of the Sports and Spirituality Show.